Okay. What are we talking about today? I've sort of been having, like I said, when I talked last time, this theme in my head running around um, about turning around. Um, what is it in my life that I need to turn around this year? There's, there's quite a few things, and I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm talking about an absolute desire and a dedication to change some things that I know I need to change in my life. One of the very, very simple ones for me is just go to bed earlier. You know, it's such a simple thing, but I, I find with my life, it's like I wake up, I'm actually not too tired considering, but I'm a little bit foggy throughout the day and I'm not at my best. And so that's one of the things that I want to change. The other thing that I want to change is to really make sure this year, I, you know, talking with Joe about it, and I'm like, I just want to make sure that I'm just not talking about other people to other people. You know, it's, it's not a huge problem in my life, but at the same time, I'm like, God, is, is there really any necess necessity for me to talk to people about other people unless they're part of the problem or unless they're part of the solution? W what's the benefit in that? You know, one of the other things is I tend to watch TV sometimes and they'll have an article on the news or there'll be something on a show and... You know, I can see Joe tuning out because I start to go, blah, 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 blah. You know, what are they talking about? That's so stupid. They're dumb. Um, and I don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? Yes, it is dumb <laughs> a lot of the time. It is not right because, you know, we're, we're listening to commentary from people that don't understand God or his ways and sometimes it just clashes with us. It's just not the same. You know, we are not the same. And we don't have the same thoughts. But, but sometimes it's just like, you know, you hear things that are just really bizarre. You're like, that's not even common sense. And they're saying it as though it makes perfect sense. And you're just like, I just don't get it. So that's one of the things, you know, the soapbox. So Sunday morning is my soapbox, guys. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> I'll keep it for here. No, that's not what it is at all. But it's, you see, the thing is that I want to make sure that I am living for Jesus and honouring him in my life. And so I want to make sure that I examine myself all the time, you know, and I'm not talking about where you're, you're criticising yourself, you know, there's a big difference, you know, between that, um, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so awful, um, you know, I'm not worth anything and all those sorts of things. That's not examining yourself and it's certainly not letting God examine your heart. Examining yourself is where you start to take stock of where you are, who you are, how you act, what, what you're like when you talk to people, what you're like in your thought life, what you're like in your obedience to God. And today I was going to, well, I am going to be talking about sort of the, the selfishness that, that comes to this world, the, the whole idea of self being so important and it blocks out what God really wants to do. Now, the reason that I'm doing this is um, the fight that we're in in this world. Um, the way that the world is structured is that it's very much about me being self-reflective, which I just talked about, so it's not always a bad thing, um, but self-indulgent, um, self-promoting, uh, self-interested, self-harming, self-hating, self-whatever it might be. There's all these things about self that come in. And I was just thinking about selfishness and just how it plays out in such little things in our life. And I was thinking about, you know, just things that sometimes you see in your house. You know, you're like, you go to the fridge, the water was full, and you go back to get a drink, and it's uh, this much left in the bottle. 
And you're like, someone's drunk it and somehow justified in their head that I didn't empty it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's enough for two drops. We can maybe get a thimble and uh, have a drink that way. Or, you know, the, the, the lid off the toothpaste or the door left open or the dish left on the floor, whatever it might be. Now, this, this isn't Joe. <laughs> but it's just in general over life as I've lived in different places that I've found and workplaces. You know, the dishes left in the sink as though somebody else should be doing them. Uh, I'm not going to wash up my own cup at the workplace, even though there's a big sign and it's usually, you know, there's usually one person that is probably doing all the dishes that puts up the sign, everybody please wash your own dishes. And they never do and that person's holding out. Oh, I'm going to hold out and make them all wash their own dishes. And then in the end they just give up because everyone else is too lazy to do it because they're just selfish. You know, they're, they're not really thinking about other people. What about when you go to a bathroom and you're busting and you're like getting ready and it's like there's no toilet paper someone emptied that roll and now look at that it's still sitting there even though I know there's extra toilet paper somewhere and but this whole thought that that we see in general life that um, we're not thinking about the other person and it's it's not how would you say it's it's sort of not encouraged by word as such so everyone will spouse off you know thinking about other people you know but in reality most of the actions and and the message that comes across underneath that message is look after yourself look after number one which you know there is a, that that point like I would say that when I was in the fire brigade and any emergency services would say this make sure that when you're at an accident scene that you're looking around making sure everything's safe before you go and help but what is tending to happen is that it's very different to that. It's like we're looking after self with no intention of helping anyone else. No intention of being interested in how someone else is going, how someone else is doing. Do they need help? Are they, are they really in need? Because I'm too busy worrying about my own self, my own feelings, my own hurts, my own pain, my own joy, whatever it is that belongs to me that I live in that. Jesus warned the Pharisees about that in the Bible. He said, you guys are just so self-indulged. You're selfish and self-indulged. All you're doing is thinking about yourself. Your, your focus is on you. How am I going? How am I doing? Are people loving me? Not how can I love other people? Let's have a look at Ecclesiastes 7 verse 29. Because I just want to take us through a little bit of a journey. And, and I want you to know this first of all. That when God created you, he didn't create you to be selfish. To do your own thing. But he created you for a purpose to live for him. In Ecclesiastes 7.29, this guy, Solomon, actually, King Solomon, is looking for meaning in life. And he said this, but I did find this. Even though so much other things were meaningless, God created people to be virtuous but they have each turned to follow their own downward path. You see, God created us in an amazing way. Originally, man was created to be virtuous, to have this amazing character, yet somehow when sin entered in, this downward path began to happen in our life and in the society around us, that, that no longer was it what God wanted, what my creator wanted, but now I'm going to live my own way and do my own thing. And we are seeing that now, aren't we? You know, and, and it's not a new problem, by the way. Um, this need to 
do our own thing, to set our own rules. If you have a look at society, that relativism that's around is pretty much this, whatever I think is right, the way I think is right. A book I was reading was talking about a group of kids, teenagers, sitting around and talking about God and the guy writing the book's a Christian and he was talking with them and he said, what's God and, and or what do you think of God? And, and one of them said, you know, oh, I think God's someone who just wants to punish everyone. You know, he, he just wants to punish everyone. He's a mean God. Um, he's just out to get us. Someone else said, oh, God's really not anything. God's just this, you know, amorphous being or thing. Or It's like what Kathleen was talking about where people say the universe that that's God and and someone else said oh you know God has love and and whatever it was but there were all these differing opinions and he was like well this is going to be interesting when we get down to discuss you know together about what they each think of God and he asked them the question you know what do you think of what so-and-so said about God they started talking and at the end they're all like oh yeah God's all of those things he's whatever you want him to be and that's a danger that we live in this society today is that God's whatever we want him to be. Well, God's permissive. He, he permits me to do these sins and he'll forgive me. Or, you know, God doesn't really care about these things, but these things he cares about. Maybe God is a punisher. Maybe God is whatever he is. That we, 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 can, we can maintain our own opinion of who God is and that's all right because my truth is my truth. I believe that and therefore it is and we need to understand as christians and especially as christian parents that the world is not in our favor the world does not want us to define anything i was watching something the other day about um transgender stuff and and the christian guy was on there and they were asking him well how what do you define a woman being and he said well someone who's born with you know women's uh reproductive system and the dna whatever the chromosomes and all those sorts of things, and defined it that way, and they didn't really like that at all. And they said, well, and he goes, and I send the same question, well, what's, what is a woman? How would you define it? And they said, you can't define it. And then he's like, well, how are you identifying as a woman if you don't even know what that is? It's it was like all these bizarre thoughts and things going around that, but yet that's a truth, you know what I mean? And it's like, how dare you hurt my feelings by believing something different to me? But as Christians, we need to find the truth, don't we? We need to live out the truth. And often we look at selfishness at its full extent in terms of like people are greedy, they want this, they want that, they're selfish, they want their own way, which is true. But I sort of wanted to break it down a, a little bit further than that. Um, I'll just make sure... Judges talks about the same thing. Let's, ha let's have a look at that. And this is about Israel um, and then Proverbs as well. Judges 17.6, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Proverbs 21.2 says this, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. And this is the tendency that we have, right? The way I think is right. You're wrong. I'm right. And when we start to, to take God away from the equation, pretty much anything we do is right. 
anything I choose to do is right because I become my own God. In other words, I'm fashioning God in my image rather than being fashioned in his image. Rather than letting him change me, I change who God is to suit me. And what happens is that everyone turns away without God in their life. They will turn away and follow their own path and do whatever they think is right in their eyes. But what can happen is that that it takes away our purpose in life, our meaning in life, because people start to avoid responsibility and they have no responsibility and therefore lose their purpose. They don't have accountability and they don't have discipline to achieve. They have no obedience and there's no blessing and peace that comes from God. In other words, you start to set yourself above God and you become God in your own life as though you are the king. And I have to say that in this world today, I I find we need to be really, really understanding of young people. They're tender young people with tender hearts that are being destroyed from this pressure of selfishness. First of all, there's this slave to what other people think. Now, you might think, well, that's not selfishness, that's doing what everyone else wants. No, but it's to be accepted. And it starts to bring your mind back to yourself. Am I good enough thinking about self? Am I worthy? Is anyone going to love me? You know you see it on social media. I was reading through some more stuff the other night about these things, and, and it was just talking about not even young people but older people where there's this sort of projection of I need to project my life as being perfect so that people will be accepting of me. And so what I share is the best of me, which actually really isn't the best of me. It's a fake me. It's like the mask that we're wearing today. It covers the truth of what's really underneath. That if I'm lonely and desperate, I can definitely not say that unless I want to get attention to myself. And then sometimes it turns around. So, so on one side, we've got this pressure to be accepted and loved and, and somebody, but as soon as that's not met, it turns around to a different sort of selfishness, whereas I'm not worth anything and the withdrawal into self and how bad it is for us in our own life. That, but each of these things is selfish. Just as it's selfish to want more, We also become self-involved in in terms of everything is all about us and taking care of me. Now, self-care, as I said, it's good. Look after yourself. Make sure you're physically, mentally and and spiritually well enough that you can help other people. But but what often happens now is that we become so self-centered that we're always in this mode of looking after self and we forget about what God has actually asked us to do. What has he asked us to do? Well, selfishness makes us think that we're better than others, more important than others, that that what's happening in our life is more important. This is not the way of Christ, guys. It's not the way of Christ, yet it creeps into the church, doesn't it? We know that's true because there's people in churches that would say, hey, I'm lonely, I've got no friends. And what I've seen and what, I've, what I think I've seen anyway is this, that so many of us live our relationships out through social media or even through television shows. 
And just reflecting on that, I was like with Joe the other day and I said, you know, we used to watch a show but it would be like a week till the next one. And then we watch the next segment and then it would be a break for the season we'll watch the next one. But now we begin to be able to watch shows in a continual thing. So what happens is so often we get more interested in fake people, their relationships, their feelings, their joys, their sorrows than the real people that are around us that we disconnect from real relationship and we live out our lives through these false relationships that are in a TV show or whatever it might be and we start to go, we live our life that way. Wow, that was amazing. I feel really good today. Ross and Rachel got together. I know they broke up, whatever it might be. But there's this, there's this feeling sometimes that I'm living out my joy, my sorrow, my happiness through these people. I'm feeling sorry for people on a TV show. My heart's breaking for them and it's not even real. Yet at the same time, there's real people around us struggling, looking for friendship, looking for care, and they're being neglected. Why? Because it's far easier to live our life the other way because it involves zero sacrifice and it involves zero commitment to somebody else. And that's not the way of Christ. You see, Christ has fashioned us, as, as we read before, for, for this amazing life of righteousness. But not only that, as been said this morning, the number one thing for Jesus, what was it? His death on the cross was to restore relationship with God, but also with each other. And the Bible talks about it even between Jews and Gentiles, breaking down the wall between them breaking down the wall between them. And it's the same with the cross, isn't it? How beautiful is the cross? Most of life is where you're hanging around people the same. I'm rich, I hang around rich people. I'm poor, I hang around poor people. I'm a, a tradie, I hang around tradies. I'm an office worker, I hang around office workers. But at the foot of the cross here this morning, we're all brought to this equal place of sinners in need of salvation. It doesn't matter our standing, our race, our, our, our um, gender, whatever it might be, our age. But the cross levels everything because every single person is in need of the love of Christ, is in need of forgiveness, is in need of salvation. And there is no difference between any of us. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. Yet, through Christ Jesus, he has made us all now worthy to be partakers of that salvation. And we're the same. But when we understand that we're brought into this place of love, it's an amazing thing. And, and for us as Christians, I just want to read a few things about what we're meant to be living like for one another. And then I want to talk about selfishness in terms of disobedience to God because that's not what we often think about. All right, so Galatians 6, verse 2 and 3. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Well, way to go to build up my self-esteem, Jesus. God, what is that all about, Holy Spirit? What are you saying that I'm not that important? Philippians 2, 3 and 4, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. 
How challenging is that for us? What if, what if we lived in a community of Christians that had that attitude? And, and it goes on to talk about the attitude of Christ in Philippians. Although he was equal with God, he, he gave up everything. He came down and came down to serve us. All got restored to him because of that. But this takes away so much pressure on us too. Look, look at that, don't try to impress others. How many of us are trapped in that? I was trying to impress someone. If I do this, they'll like me. If they do this, they'll love me. If they do this, they'll promote me. If, I, if only we could give that up. So many of us would lose the pressure of trying to impress others to make sure we look good in other people's eyes. But if we just didn't worry about it, that pressure would be removed. Be humble. <laughs> That's a good one. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now, I love what Leon Fontaine, one of the guys I love listening to, says about that. He says, it doesn't mean you have to think poorly of yourself. He said, think of yourself the best you can. Just as long as you think of others are better than you. Have a great, great view of yourself, but just think others are better. In other words, it's saying make sure that you care about other people. Now, don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You know how often we are so full of ourselves, our misery, our pain, and our joy. The good thing about a Christian life is this, that it's not just the pain that we share. When, when Paul was writing about the body of Christ, he said, you know, when everybody does their part, when everybody acts the way they're meant to do, supports one another in love as the body of Christ, what happens is there's a unity that comes to the church and also this happens. We start to share each other's struggles, but there's also we start to love the joy that other people have. Have you ever been in that place? Number one, selfishness, you don't care about others. Number two, selfishness, when others get something good in their life, all you can think is, I'm so jealous. Why did it happen to them? That's not fair. But when the body is operating fully and completely, imagine this, imagine a body of people that are caring about each other. You see, the problem is that when we're trying to only care for ourselves, we're incomplete. We are lacking, which is why we're hurting, and yet there's other people in the body of Christ that can love on us and grow us in the right way that we need to grow. We wouldn't have to worry about caring for ourselves because we have 10 other people caring for us, and we would be caring for 10 other people, and we wouldn't feel a lack, we wouldn't feel a loneliness, we wouldn't feel anything but love and the body of Christ working the way it's meant to. What a beautiful picture that is, right? But I think the message of this world is protect yourself, mostly. Reward yourself. Have some me time. Build a wall, build a fence. Shut down community. Don't invite people to your home. And sometimes that's in impressing others, isn't it? 
We feel our home's not good enough. We were having dinner with some friends the other day and um, we were talking about one of the meals we had once. And um, it, it was like a pizza that was like a cutting board. It wasn't, <laughs> it was awful. But you know what? It was like this the food really doesn't matter. We're not here for food, we're here for friendship, to love on one another. Now, we want to keep our houses in a good state, don't we? We want people to enjoy it when they come over, for sure. But sometimes we even put that barrier between us and true fellowship. We're like, my house isn't good enough. (laughs) Has anyone felt like that? Sometimes it's really not. You have to go home and tidy up. But but, but what about those other times? Is, Is it more important that my house is tidy than meeting the need of someone who is lonely that needs a conversation that day? What, 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 are we, what are we living for, guys? We know this is all passing away, that's fading, you know, like it's getting old. We're getting old, we're going to die, our house is going to fall down one day unless someone comes in and renovates it and fixes it up. And here's the last thing. Are we doing what God wants? I said before about fashioning God in our image. In other words, whatever I think is right. Can I just tell you this? You are very selfish when you don't listen to God. When you put your way above his, what do you mean? Well, God said forgive others. Yeah, but I'm not going to forgive them. That's selfish. Even if they've wronged you. Saying that everything can be made right overnight. Be angry and don't sin, but I, I've got a right to be angry. I'm just going to be angry. Don't be yoked to an unbeliever, someone who, who isn't a Christian yet, but that doesn't apply to me. Don't get drunk with wine, but that doesn't apply to me either. God will understand. Now, we are lucky... Well, we're blessed, not lucky. That we have a God of grace, but he's calling us to be obedient. Let's just read through Matthew seven twenty-four to 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat up against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it's foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You see, this is, this is truth for us. We think it's okay because it's okay. Right now it's Okay. But the problem with disobedience is this, that storms will come in your life and if you haven't been obedient to what Jesus said, not just heard it, there's going to be a crash. There's going to be disaster because you're not building on the rock. And building on the rock is not just knowing what God says, but doing it. 
And really, when we don't do what God says, we are being very, very selfish because we are saying, I am God. This is about me. I was trying to think of the saying and finally heard it somewhere because I was like, what's that saying? You know, the birds always come back and nest or something and no, the chickens come home to roost. What's that saying mean? It means that when you are disobedient, when you don't do what God says, there will be a consequence one day. Even if it's not right now, one day it will be. Because there'll be a moment in life when you're like, I made a mistake. If only I'd listened to God and did what he said. Because you know what? With obedience, sometimes it's actually painful. Why is it painful? (laughs) Because it means I have to disobey me. And what I want. And submit it all into the hands of God. I just want to look at a couple more verses in Isaiah 53, verse 6 and 57, 1 and 2. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've all left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. You know, it's never too late. That's why I say turn around. You're not Robinson Crusoe. God's grace has opened up a path back to to him through Jesus. The Lord laid on him, who's that? Jesus, the iniquity of us all. You see, that selfishness that we've had, the sin that we've been involved in, and really sin is just simply this disobedience to God. God's making a way back. But, but here's what we need to do. Make sure that we give it to him. Because the truth of the matter is we don't have to. There's no doubt that every single one of us holds on to things where we have refused to obey to Christ. And we need to understand that at some stage, the chickens will come home to roost. The bitterness that festers in your heart that stops you sleeping, that stops you coming into God's peace. The relationship that breaks down because you didn't listen to God. Whatever it might be. And Isaiah 57, 1 and 2 says this, Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. No one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. This is a bit I just want us to concentrate on. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. It's funny at funerals, you know, on the tombstones, that RIP. When I was a kid, I didn't have a clue what that meant. It was just like rip on all these tombstones. I don't know what that is. But you know who rests in peace? Those who follow God. Those who do what he says. And it's not just in the world to come, but at night when you put your head on the pillow, 
God's love comes. And, you know, can I just say, it's not just obedience in those things that we look at and go like sexual sin or whatever it might be. What did Jesus say about anxiety? Don't worry about anything. Refuse to worry. Doesn't matter, Jesus. I need to worry. Trust me. I can't trust you. I've got to fix this myself. There's a whole lot of things that when we read through the Bible and we look at it, it's like God's saying, this is the way to live. If you want peace in your life, live this way. You know what selfishness is? Worrying when Jesus told you not to. Selfish. Not because you're not getting what you want. But it's starting to take the focus away from what God said. Now this morning it might be that you're not actually right with God. That you haven't come to that place of peace. I just want to invite you to pray with me now and ask God to come into your life. To accept Christ's death for you on the cross. You can just pray with me now and have a chat with your friend, the family member you came with, or come and see me at the end. I'll be up the front. And say, I prayed that prayer. What's my next step? If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray. You pray with me. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I realize that I am so selfish, that all I think about is myself. This morning, I want that to change come into my life today I believe that Jesus died for my sin that he rose again that I might be free and and this morning I just want to live for you not just this day but forever come in I pray in Jesus name Amen if you'd like prayer for anything please come up the front Perhaps, you know, you've been spoken to to this morning and you're just like, man, I just need to get back to you, Jesus. How about while we're worshipping this morning, that in the song, the next one, (laughs) just really open your heart to God and say, come in and let him do some work.